Oh, wait. Uh, now? Oh, my God. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Law School in Brief. I'm Madison Fields. And I'm Paris Henderson. Woo-woo! And there are guests this week. Hello, Madison and Paris. Um, Megan and Lydia are both still here. Just, you know, we know Madison and Paris probably need some supervision because <laughs> who knows? This is an after dark episode and we're all on winter break. So anything could really happen. Anything yes. I have finally finished sleeping. I pulled two all nighters during exams and I was delirious, but now. So, listeners, I'm sorry we've skipped a couple weeks, but it's because I was literally delirious and, you know, being here, meeting new friends, this is what I want to be doing. This is so nice. Thank you all for being here on our show. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. We've never had, we've had, like, a couple guests, but we've never had a double header of guests, which is super exciting. So, you're the, you two are the first. And we've never collabed with another podcast. Okay, so Paris and Madison don't have a podcast. You're thinking of the one L's who do legally bilingual. Oh my god! Okay. You're still delirious. You're, you need to take another nap. Is what's I happening? I am so sorry. That's I was like, why... are you starting a podcast? Because I'm, I'm excited. But <laughs> oh my god! Just... Okay, that's why I was before. Like, should I introduce the podcast in Spanish? Oh my god! I was wondering why you were like plugging <laughs> oh my that door. Gosh, should wow, we start is... over? No, this is very funny. This has yeah, to is, stay. So I think this. Oh this, my god! This is like an unintentional second plug for the other podcast, legally bilingual. <laughs> very funny. Oh my goodness. Okay, great. So we're <laughs> off to a fan. A fantastic. So Megan, why don't you do the proper introduction? Like this is my first time meeting our distinguished guests, who now I'm forgetting exactly what. <laughs> Oh my God, Lydia! I am so, <laughs> this is so funny. Wow. Whatever okay. you say, it's gonna ring a bell. Like I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna remember. I know there's some activism involved. I just need to know which activism we're talking about. You know? Right. Right. Okay. Very good. <laughs> um, so I'm not gonna talk about the activism because I'm I'm gonna let Paris and Madison do that. Yeah. Um, but Paris and Madison are my wonderful colleagues. Um, Paris was actually in my cohort this last year, but I've had classes with both of them. Um, Madison is very much involved with some like local defund the police action. Um, and Paris actually, Paris, you had like an op-ed published this last spring, didn't you? Did in the Observer and Charlotte and Raleigh. That's right. So awesome. anyway, they're both pretty much badasses and we're all just trying to be like them. So I was like, the second I heard that they even might want to maybe come on the podcast to talk about what's going on at Elon Law and in Greensboro, I was like, yes, whatever we need to do, <laughs> unless it's pay them because we have no money. But <laughs> yeah, this is great. I mean, y'all, Megan might have told you this, but I'm from North Carolina and I'm now I'm living far away and I want to hear what is going on. You know, oh, but right now? before we get into St. Louis, oh, yes. So Lydia goes I... to wash you in St. Louis. Um, but you went to well, Lydia went to UNC. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, she's she's local. She's a local gal, a southern belle, <laughs> if you will. That's what everyone says about me. That's right. First thing that comes out of my mouth, Lydia, <laughs> southern <laughs> belle. Um, so, you know. 
this is going to be a little bit of a non-traditional episode of Law School in Brief, but I figure we, we might as well stick to the tried and true, um, which is to kind of update our loyal followers about <laughs> our highs and lows since the last time we spoke. And um, Madison and Paris, I'm sure that you both have some highs and lows you would like to share, perhaps. Um, but maybe, you know, we usually try to do lows first. And that way we can end it on a high note. We we often fall into the trap of talking about the things we're excited about. And then it's like, oh, and then like, you know, this person died or like I got a bad grade. <laughs> and it's like, well, it's hard to come back from. So anywho, um, Madison, do you have any highs that you'd like to share? Not highs, Megan. No, Why this was a trap. Lows. Lows. Oh, my God. Listen to me. Wow. We should probably what just start this episode over. <laughs> Are you trying to set me up? Do you have any lows? I'm setting you up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, lows. You know, some weeks of quarantine hit harder than most, and I'm definitely having one of those weeks where it's just like, damn it, COVID. Like, <laughs> I can't, like, I'm trying to plan around going home to see my family, and just that whole ordeal. I'm like, oh, am I going to kill my whole family if I go home? You know, but I, that was dark. But <laughs> just, uh, yeah, just. Just planning that has been stressful. Yeah. We we often uh, wax poetic about how horrible quarantine has been, especially on a law student's psyche. Yeah. Yeah, I got a puppy to try and cope with it, but I think he's causing me more stress. Okay. So we did a whole episode on adopting pets <laughs> during law school quarantine. <laughs> Um, spoiler alert, it worked out for only one of us. <laughs> yeah, it is, um, it is something else. Wait, what kind of puppy do you have? I have an Aussie doodle and he is, he's very cute, very fluffy, but oh my goodness, he is just, he's quiet right now, but only because I like ran him around before this, but usually he's yapping he's teething right now it's like having a baby yeah Oof. Mm. Lydia, you can spoil a... him all break exactly <laughs> or train him <laughs> I, <get that. laughs> I was i was just telling my sister when i first like the day before i got him i was in the pet stores i was like i need everything he's getting a halloween costume he's getting christmas oh outfits and stuff and now I'm just like I do not want to spend money on you at all right now I'm so mad at you for chewing everything up so yeah totally different Mason is my nephew she's talking bad about him he's a good boy oh (laughs) Paris do you have any any shareable lows my low right now is I quarantined for 14 days <laughs> to come home. Um, and my partner decided that going to a bar. No, no. Great idea. And now somebody has COVID and I have to be in self-isolation for longer than him. 24 Wait, does days. he have quarantine or does he have, does he, he have COVID? COVID? Yes. He's patient zero. I don't have it. I'm negative right now, but like I have a a communicable disease in my home oh. after I quarantine to make everybody uh. safe. I have to kill you. 
Oh man, I'm so sorry to hear no, that. Just, that was terrible. So I'm in self isolation <laughs> by myself. Oh, I'll never hear that in isolation. I said, "How does that even work? Why am I extra punished for doing the right thing?" It's okay. We've had words. <laughs> how's your how's your daughter doing is she on break yet not yet so her last week i have a 12 year old Ooh, paris you sound really you're far right. away can you're you hear fine. me now yep yeah i think you're covering your mic my phone i had the anyways long story listeners um my daughter's 12 but this is her last week of school so she's going through her like finals and she's getting that done she got a pet during quarantine she harassed me we got a ferret in june oh i talked about ferrets on this pot i almost got a ferret as well we have yes. a ferret. one How of do you the like ferrets ferret? on the east coast i got her oh, my daughter wow. was calling up and down from from literally delaware to south carolina looking for a ferret for a month the whole month of may she found one in and she's like, "Mom, I found one, so I had to go get one." Yeah, yeah. that's mom of the year material right there. <laughs> My mother and I know she's listening, and she can correct me if I'm wrong, but there is no way in hell she would ever drive to a different state to get me a ferret during quarantine. <laughs> so. My child was going through it. She's very social. So I was like, I can't, I can't do anything. But she's also extremely, I'm very cautious with COVID, but she's like next level. She's next level, like won't go outside. It's in the air, you know? So I had to do something. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do something. So the ferret was the thing. So that the ferret was our high and we're really failing quarantine and social distancing in my household because I am having a law school baby. What? Okay, that I thought I was like that's not a picture of a ferret that looks like a sonogram. Okay, wait, we can find. Wait, what are you talking about? You see a picture? I'm so sorry. She held up a picture. She's you missed her baby. Oh my God, Paris! Congratulations. Yes. Okay, I was like that is not a picture of a ferret. I'm not going to say anything, but that is not. And I was like, are we telling the world? Distancing wrong. Quarantine is going wrong. No, this is a great thing. So we're excited. Oh but... my God, Paris, I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. Thank you very much. So when, when are you due? I'm due in June over the summer, summer break. Okay. Excellent. Yes. Hey, okay. hell yeah. That's <laughs> pretty nicely. Even though it seems like it's not working out, I decided that it's working out and everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be just fine. Absolutely. Wow. Keep wow. Congratulations. So on, the, on, the, on the downside, I can't find anything. Computer charger gone. Headphones gone. <laughs> as long as you had your computer charger during finals. Yeah, I did lose it one time, but we came back quick. I came back quick. Spot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Wow, that's like the best news ever. We were talking about lows, but I think that's a great segue into highs. I don't know, personally. But Megan, I don't know your low. Oh, my lows? I actually have to refer back to the document. Did I have any lows? Um, No. (laughs) I I didn't. I'm actually in like the best mood I've been in in like the year 2020. Um, 
because when I finished my finals, I realized since I'm on residency next trimester, I'm not going to have to take another goddamn final until <laughs> June. <laughs> Yes. And that is like, oh my God, that's doing wonders for my mental health. I'm crafting. I'm going on long walks like every day. Um, today I just laid on the front, like on the on the lawn in my front yard, basked in the sun. I'm sure my neighbors thought I was insane. It's like shirt off, reading, just like sunning myself. I, seriously, mental health, like beautiful. I don't know. So good. Oh, yeah. So no lows. I love it. Nice. Yeah. What, what about Madison? What are your highs? Um, graduation really put me in a good mood. Let's see. Oh my gosh, you graduated? Oh no. <laughs> no, but uh, not yet. But we have December graduation because we're, we do trimesters instead of semesters. So the three L's graduated yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I have something to look forward to. And it's like not terribly far I mean this year went by kind of fast I mean it's kind of terrible but it went by fast but right yeah I'm I don't know I was like really happy seeing that I was like oh my gosh I want to take graduation photos right now actually <laughs> I, I watched it um it, it was obviously like an online graduation yesterday and it was actually moving I, I really liked the keynote speaker yeah, they did a good job with the ceremonies this week. So that However, was- I will say, I will say <laughs> that it was pretty funny. So they asked some of, they asked the graduates to submit like photos of themselves or alternatively, like a 20 second video of somebody that they care about, like hooding them. And of course, like people, you know, people are going to do the, the traditional, like, my mom's hooding me, my dad's hooding me, but then other people, like, really got weird with it, which I appreciated. But then some other people got weird with it in an unintentionally weird way where it was just, like, like everybody is completely stoic, nobody is smiling, they're being hooded, and then they just turn to the camera and they're, like, just stone-faced, like, they're hooded now. And it was so bizarre. I was <laughs> laughing my ass off. I couldn't even... I, I w- if I wanted to name names, I couldn't because I was laughing so hard I was like crying because it was just so bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was sweet. <laughs> Great high. Oh, that's really sweet. I'm glad that they made it special because it it I'm sure it would be so disappointing to graduate online. Yeah. I'm walking across someone's stage next year. Even if it's just me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Have somebody build me a stage. I'm going across something. <laughs> this is way too hard to not. Uh, Lydia, what about you? Do you have any highs for this week? Um, absolutely. I was going to bring this up at the top of the show, but it's great to bring it up now. Everyone, go to Twitter. Law school in n brief. The letter n. We have some fan art that's up. It's a law school in brief bingo card. That Rachel in Boston made huge shout out. This like absolutely made my day. Yes. And if you are following along, you have several things you can check off thus far in this short amount of time that we've been having this call. The blank space, always. We have talked about exams. We have said, should we start over? Which is a space on it because I always want to start over. And 
Um, Madison mentioned the trimester sub- semester schedule, which is kind of like saying Elon is a 2.5, two and a half year program, mm-hmm. which is a spot on the bingo board. So you're almost there and you know, we're going to get, and Megan talked about the residency, which is different than the space applies for an internship, but Close. I mean, you're going to, y'all, y'all are going to get bingo. Like just write us when you get bingo. This bingo card is so funny. It's pointed out so many of the things I talk about so often, which I've like forgot that I talked about this so often. Huge high, because it's just so funny to me. Um, and uh, yeah, just chilling out now that finals are done. I've like, I watched Die Hard for the first time, made Eggnog for the first time. And yeah, I don't know, just not doing anything. I mean, I, I'm kind of a procrastinator. So during exams, I did a lot of nothing, but I felt really guilty about it. Now the guilt is gone and that's really nice. <laughs> you know? I, know, I feel like I blinked like today I was like, Oh, it's Sunday. Like I, I've almost been on break for a week. I couldn't tell you what I've done. Oh, I've only been like, on break for two days. And so that's the only reason I can remember what I've done. Alcohol. Soon, soon it will all be a blur. Alcohol. Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Paris, that's not you like mumbling alcohol. Is it? I can't tell the way that we're looking at the video right now. Okay, it's Madison mumbling alcohol. I wish I was wine. Maybe a beer. When Paris told me, I actually, I poured myself a glass of wine in front of her. And I was like, oh, that's just so great. (laughs) As I looked at it with agonizing eyes. (laughs) I wanted to share my low real quick just because I think that there's like a lesson to be taken from it. Oh, let's hear the low. Yeah. Okay. My low for the week was that. I um, started freaking out and crying in the middle of my tax exam. Like halfway through, I had accidentally, time was flowing so quickly. And I I accidentally was like outlining my answers for half of the time period for the exam. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't written anything. Like, oh, I don't have time for this. And so instead of like just starting writing, I was just crying. And the anxiety was clouding my ability to think and write. Anyways, I sent a quick text to Billy being like, I need coffee. And then he dropped everything and brought coffee, which was amazing. Huge shout out to Billy. And it reminded me that like staggering exams with friends so that you have exams at different times. Like if one of our internets had gone out, we could go to the other person's house. Like having someone that you can like text if you're like freaking out and they bring, like it wasn't even the coffee. It was just knowing that like someone had my back. That was like what made me be like, okay, this is, this is fine. I can, and I did run out of time. I did not finish answering the last question. I Spent my last few seconds writing, I'm so sorry, Professor, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> but but it was like nice to like get that little encouragement and get some get some coffee in the middle of the exam, you know. That's so I actually got triggered with the like apology at the end of the exam because I've done that before. Like I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah. I remember- our torts, our tor- we have a torts professor, and he's like, "Do not write I'm sorry at the end of the exam, right?" Oh, really? So, yeah, Armijo. Yeah. So he told us that, and I get uh, get to the exam, and I'm like almost to the end, and I'm like, "I'm not gonna finish. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to write. I'm sorry." <laughs> that's what I wrote. So yeah, that's how that ended. You know, I actually remember like so. Torts was our first ever law school exam. Um, and Paris and I were in the same class. Oh. 
Madison, you didn't have Armijo, right? Mm -mm, I had Grant. Okay, okay. And I remember at the end of Armijo's exam, I was like actually sweating. Like I had like my armpits were drenched. Like I, my, what is that physical reaction to exams that nobody told you about? I don't know. It's the law school exam. I don't act this way in other exams. I'm somebody brand new on these exams. (laughs) No, I was a business major in undergrad, and I, like, cried during my finance final. And, like, snotty crying. Like, and it was in person, too. (laughs) I didn't even care. I was like, this is horrible. Good God. Okay, this is why we start with Lowe's. Snotty cried. Shall we talk about <laughs> activism in law school? <laughs> yes, let's do it. So, okay, as I kind of mentioned at the top of the episode, Paris and Madison are here today to, to talk about um uh like a, a little bit of activism that's going on at Elon Law. There's a petition going around which I've signed. And if anybody is listening to this and they go to Elon, they should also sign it. Um, That's just my hard and fast opinion. If you don't sign it, don't tell me. So I won't judge you. But anyway, I'm going to turn it over to them and they're going to kind of have the floor to tell us like the history behind it and why it's important and, and give you a little bit of a call to action. So Lydia and I will just be listeners. And if we have any questions, we'll ask. But aside from that, I'm going to hand it over to y'all. So actually, Megan, thanks for handing it over to us. But even if you don't go to Elon, if you read about what's going on on that petition, just sign it if it, you know, if you feel like it, really. So anybody can sign it. So we'd appreciate it. Um, But basically, we have undertaken the task, Madison and I, and a couple of other people. I think we should start with the letter. Yeah. Yeah, we've undertaken the task of requiring, mandating that the school take some actions um, to help the BIPOC community, which is the Black, Indigenous, and People of Color of Elon Law and greater the Elon University community. So I'll let Madison go ahead and give you the seven things (laughs) required of the school. So, you know, I told myself, I told Paris this, I was going to just come get my JD and put my head down and just call it a day. But, you know, I guess that's just not in my spirit. So <laughs> me and Paris, I think back in like the end of May, um, there were a lot of protests going on. The pandemic was still very new um, and we weren't satisfied with our school's reaction to any of it quite frankly, but especially how the minority students were really struggling. Like our classmates were expressing, just venting really in our group meetings that we would have. And Paris and I took it upon ourselves to initiate a call to action to the school. So we wrote a letter and we mass sent it to all of Elon's Elon Law's faculty and administration and the president of Elon. Um, And we had seven action items or demands that we wanted. The letter was sent out on June 1st and our action items were essentially calling for more counseling support, um, more proactive responses or like more proactive 
um, more of a proactive attitude towards like responding to these traumas going on in the black community. Um, our school didn't really send out many emails. Um, and <laughs> so it was just asking for more support from them. We asked for a director of diversity to be hired, um, implementing mandated training, uh, diversity training for faculty and students. And it was really important to us to not only engage like black students and help them feel supported and minority students, but to engage students that didn't understand their privilege or just never really had to acknowledge it. Um, we understand that we're in law school and this is not a space that was built or designed with minority students in mind when it was created. So um, we really believe that we have to kind of rebuild. I mean, the same way people are saying defund, abolish the police. I mean, is this something that we can reform if it was never made for us in the first place? But one of our action items that honestly, I didn't even think twice putting it on. Like, it was like a blip in the letter for me. We asked for the removal of an oil painting of for former mayor Jim Melvin. And I put it in the letter and forgot about it, honestly, because I was like, oh, this is the easiest thing. Um, he had made some controversial remarks, racist remarks after um, the Greensboro massacre and basically said that the KKK was pro provoked. Um, yeah, and he, when asked about it again as recently as 2015, he said he stood by his comments. Um, and Paris will get more into the history of him, but essentially that letter was sent out June 1st and our school has not taken the portrait down. And they asked us in a meeting, I believe in August, whether relocation was acceptable for us. And we said, no, they said students won't see it. It's kind of secluded and it's more of the principle. And that's what we've gotten a lot of things done since June. We are doing final rounds of interviews for a diversity director that can be hired as soon as January. That's great. Um, we've, we've done a lot, but it, it almost feels performative when things like this, they won't budge on because the problem is this former mayor has contributed a lot of money and resources in Elon Law. And that's what it comes down to. He is the money man. And we weren't satisfied with this relocation idea. And we were kind of being given the runaround by people that we tried to talk to. We spoke with the dean of our school. We spoke with um, one of the, the assistant provosts at main campus, um, and nobody budged. So we went to the Elon News Network and were quickly told how disappointed that made our administration. What? Oh, that's I'm too sorry. bad. I can't even hold myself on that. <laughs> what? We are a school of law not activism. Oh, that's so helpful that they were able to clear that up. I had no idea that it was just I, know, it was, wow. I mean, I don't I, Okay, so I I don't think anybody would push, like hate me as like somebody who's like, "Oh, okay, like you're disappointed. I'm so sorry. I'm just going to stop." 
Um, especially if I've been asking for this for like six months now. Um, so yeah, we had a meeting with the dean of our school and it was after the broadcast aired and you know, it was, it was an interesting time. He told us that he was disappointed that we didn't give him a heads up and in my humble, humble, humble opinion, just completely missed the point. I mean, we are not against Elon University. We are actually trying to shape it into a better school for its students. Um, and it's not always going to be neat and tidy. Um, he even came for our lawyering skills there. <laughs> he said yeah, this mean, is not good lawyering. <laughs> I thought activism and advocacy shared some tenets. I'm just saying. Right, but, but Paris, you should have you should have applied to activist school. Apparently, well, right. That's, <laughs> but I'm a, a person on the call did say this is the school of law, not the school of activism. So it was an unfortunate um, response. And our approach has taken a different direction. We've been in several meetings. And at this point, I think Paris and myself are both very exhausted of meetings and just these are not the people that we need to be talking to. And I don't know why it's a surprise. This is six months later. I could have gone to the news outlet in June, but mm. it gives them grace and they just take advantage, but. Essentially. Yeah, and you know the thing is, if you want to get it, we always said, you know, you can take the the painting down, you can take the painting down and put it in storage. No one is asking you to burn his painting on the front steps of the law school. Like, no one has gone to an extreme. No one's gone in and broke the windows out to go get the painting off the wall. No one's done that. We simply asked to have the painting removed. Because the person that's depicted in that painting, the former mayor of Greensboro, has had some really racist comments made about something very tragic that happened in our city where we go to school. And that should not be what our school represents. And like Madison said, I love Elon. I love it for multiple reasons. I've met some great people. Hi, Megan. Hello, Madison. You know, like I've met awesome people. I've gotten to do some pretty amazing things in a in the short time that I've been there and I've learned a lot. So I appreciate my professors and the administrative staff. But if we're asking you something and I'm a student and I'm telling you that this hurts me, listen to me. Hmm. That's all we're asking. Just listen and to us. It just goes back to the principle. Oh, so like. We can hire a diversity director. We can, you know, send out more emails and stuff. And it really, like, restored, like, okay, we're getting a lot of things done. It restored some of my faith in these old institutions. Um, but then it's, like, something so simple, taking down a picture. That's where we draw the line because it interferes with our money. And it's just it doesn't I said this in the interview with Elon News Network it just doesn't seem genuine if there are strings attached to your activism I do not want it Mm -hmm. and I think what's more hurtful 
if that Elon does boast a very diverse program and some great opportunities to be activists and the minority students are struggling, um, even with the support that they offered in the pandemic, the letter was sent out June 1st and we were taking finals shortly after and they decided to reintroduce the conversation of pass fail only after we pushed and said, okay, a lot of your students are not going to survive this trimester with this pandemic and with everything going on in the community. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, they, they did it. They ended up implementing optional pass fail. And that's something that is tangible and we are appreciative of it. But it's also, it, I tell Paris this all the time, Black students can never just be students. We had to ask for that for one. And two, it's just, I spend more time in meetings with our administration than I do in class now. Oh, oh my God, yeah. yeah we had and a I joke for like three months that we were unpaid, but we were the unpaid director, both of us together. Mm. We were diversity, equity, inclusion for Elon, so if that gives you anything, it's like, we really have had, and you know, some of the things that we're asking for, and I always try to make sure I tell people this, it's not just for us. Like we are, we are, you know, representing people of color and black people right now, but it is not just for us. It's for the people that don't identify as white cisgender male, you know, it's for everybody because somebody is not going to feel included and that's not right. And it's not okay. You know, so I think we just want to make sure that, you know, everyone knows this is not just our fight. This is really just equity, period, for everybody. And I believe that as great as the progress that Elon has made is, it's kind of put them in a mood or given them the attitude that isn't this enough? We're trying. Mm. These things take time. And and it's like they're scared to... I'm tired of accepting America for what it is just because it's what it is. I mean, quite frankly, they could burn the whole city down. And I'm just like, okay. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Oh, you can (laughs) say whatever you want. This is We marked it as explicit. We're, you know... We've crossed our T's and dotted our I's here. (laughs) It's just... I'm... I used to feel empowered by activism and I've gotten to a place where it's just depressing and exhausting. And I do the work because I feel like I still can. And I'm in a better position than some of my classmates who have families and have been hit hard by COVID. And I mean, I don't have all the same worries and I understand that I have privilege in different ways than white men, but I do have some privilege and I try to, like my only job right now is law school and that in itself is privilege. So I try to do what I can, but it's not empowering anymore. I don't feel like this is like, oh my God, I'm doing the good work. I'm changing the world. I'm just so tired. I've even stopped code switching. Like I used to code switch so hard and just be so polite, like, Oh yes, like thank you so much for meeting with me. And now it's just like I I almost hung up on a meeting uh last week that me and Paris had and I was the host. Was so-, so I was like, okay, I shouldn't have. <laughs> I didn't hang up, thank God, because the whole thing would have ended. But <laughs> Yeah, it was one of those things that the person that they had that they wanted us to speak to, 
you had to give her some respect because she was an older woman. She was an older woman of color. Like all of these things that they put before us, like if you could give somebody like the black child playbook, this was the call where you can't hang up. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what it's else the like call your is. Your grandmother staring at you, and that's right, the only reason. Like, you have to listen to her, and like we can't hang up. Like I wanted to hang up, and I was like, "This is crazy." My mom was listening to the call, and she was like, "This is psycho." Like, how are you listening? She was like, I would hang up if I were you, but you know, she is an older lady. And I was like, okay. Oh. We'll set up a million meetings and a million and send out a million emails before they take this portrait down. And apparently, because we went on Elon News Network, now that's the reason why the portrait's not coming down. Wait, what? That's that's how it's so being so so now so now their refusal to remove the portrait is a punitive action against you for speaking publicly about this. Some retaliation. They said we forced their hand and if we had waited for an answer and waited for, they believe in a process. So I don't understand. Like this might sound, I don't know, perhaps overly simplistic, but um, I've taken things off of walls before and I just lifted it off the hook and then took it down. Simply. I don't know. It's, I don't know, and I think we're thinking too simple for them. I don't know. Okay, wait. Everyone this is conspiracy. Sorry. I have oh, no. so I have a question, and this is gonna like throw it back like 20 minutes in the conversation, but it occurs to me that there are people that listen to this podcast who like live around the world who maybe have never even heard of Greensboro <laughs> until the podcast. So if either one of you could, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but like give maybe a little bit of a background about the Greensboro massacre um, and like the mayor's statements, I think that would be helpful to contextualize this. Absolutely. And that's where I was going. So on November 3rd, 1979, there was a protest. This protest was, it was a parade. It was billed as the death to the Klan parade. Um, there was a heavy presence of the Ku Klux Klan as well as neo-Nazi um, Socialist Party, white nationalist Socialist Party going on in the Greensboro and Triad region. And that's Raleigh, no, not Raleigh, I'm sorry, you all, Winston-Salem, Greensboro, and as far mm-hmm. down as Kannapolis, which is near Charlotte, North Carolina. So they had this big movement going on their own. Um, And so in Greensboro, there was a faction of people and they were called the Communist Workers Party, CWP. And on November 3rd, the leader of the CWP, who was, you know, had staged this parade or protest against the Klan and against um, people that didn't believe in unions. And there were other things. They had really big ideas about making sure everybody had equality, black, white, Spanish, whomever was working in Greensboro for the mills that we had at the time had um, safe working environments and equal pay. So that's essentially what they were, their base was. But at this point they had come in contact with the Klan and that had become their main focus. So they had gotten the permits that they needed um, they had 
alerted the city that this was where they were going to be. There was a whole lot of confusion about whether or not that had actually happened, but I'll get to that in a minute. <clears throat> they had alerted the city of where the parade was. They had gotten a permit, it was approved. And on, on, and on November 3rd, 1979, they all met at Morningside Homes. Now this is a predominantly black community at the time in Greensboro. Um, when they got there, they began the protest and some Klan's members and neo-Nazi members arrived to the scene and there was instant chaos. Um, those people that arrived to the scene in cars, the Klan's members and the neo-Nazis got out of their vehicles and began shooting. There were two police officers on the scene, but one was like a police photographer and the other was a lieutenant. No other officers arrived to the scene until 15 minutes after the shooting ended. At the end of that, nine people were injured and five were dead. Um, two were doctors um, and about four were Caucasian individuals, white people. Um, so just to give you a little context of what happened. So they said that there was confusion about where the police were supposed to be. But all of the news and media that had arrived on the scene, because it's documented, it's well documented, it's on video. They all knew where to be. And the permit said Morningside. So there was no confusion in the actual documents. So it begs to say that someone told the police officers do not go. And at the time, the police department in Greensboro, Greensboro PD, had informants within the Klan. So either those informants were not doing their informing jobs <laughs> or, you know, the police department just failed to do their jobs. And that the latter is what has been determined and what was determined at the end of all of this. Um, Walter Conkright was a big time media. He was a reporter at the time. Like, I think I know his name. So I hope everybody else knows his name. <laughs> He's a good guy. But um, he said that it was one of the worst massacres in history. And it was. It was one of the worst civil rights massacres in history since the 60s. So 19 years later, after 1960, this was one of the worst civil rights-based massacres. Um, the problem was it was overshadowed because the next day on November 4th, we had the Iran hostage crisis, which took up all of the media. So it kind of fell into like the darkness, the depths of the news, and nobody really talked about it anymore. And Greensboro tried not to talk about it anymore because Jim Melvin was concerned with building up the city and that looked bad for them. The whole situation looked bad for them. He said massacre is a strong word also. Yes. And, and and Madison knows everything that he said since then. And and it's 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 disheartening because Greensboro, they they put together a truth and reconciliation commission, which has been it was the only one in this country at the time. Wow. Based off, yeah, it was based off the South African model. And see, that's the thing about Greensboro. I didn't I'm not from Greensboro, I'm from DC. I'm from the DC metro area. So when I came to Greensboro, I didn't realize how much history was based right there. 
the sit-ins that began the bus boycotts, that began the civil rights movement started in Greensboro. So to say you have all of this history and you have all of this um, civil action that has caused change and then to be keeping a picture on the wall of somebody that stood by while people were gunned down in the street by the KKK and neo-Nazis is disheartening because what did the people that came before work for? Mm-hmm. So, um, so it was overshadowed by the Iran hostage situation. And then the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, like I said, based off the South African model, first one in this country, they found that there was negligence on the police department's fault, uh, on the police department's um, side, as well as the city side, because they knew where the parade was going to be. They had credible evidence that the plan was going to show up, you know, and, and on the other side, just legally, <laughs> they, the person that uh, started the parade or the leader of the CWP at the time, he did say the wording that he used was strong, death to the Klan. But honestly, who wants the clean around? Not so, I. I mean, 2020, I'm like, I don't know. Usage was strong. But it's, you know, I it's get the it. same. Just while you're on that, the language thing, it's like former president Barack Obama. He was somebody that when I when he first got elected, I was like, wow, I can do anything like this is amazing. And I will always admire that part. But he made comments last week along the same lines of, oh, stop saying defund the police and like basically rebrand a call to action. And we were just never given that much grace. Do you think when Black people were being murdered in the streets or when we had to use colored bathrooms only, my grandmother, my grandmother who was still living had to use colored bathrooms only. She didn't go to school with white people. And it's like, why do we have to rebrand? Why do we have to say it politely? Hint, hint, Elon. I mean, I'm sorry that... I'm not sorry, actually. I'm really not sorry, but it, it comes off as harsh now, but it's just, we're in 2020 fighting about a damn portrait, a portrait that can be taken down today, right now, by anybody. And it's well, just 40 like- years after. 40 years, and, and 40 Greensboro, years later. Greensboro just now issued an apology, acknowledging their role in the massacre. The city in 2020? just acknowledged it. Wow. No, it was this is their second apology, but this one was more in depth. There should be like an annual apology. I feel like I don't know, maybe like a day where like everybody like commemorates or like at least like acknowledges the history. You know what I mean? Like two apologies in forty years is pretty sparse. Yeah. So we spoke. I was just gonna say we spoke with a woman who is good friends with Jim Melvin and said that his only fault is that he loves Greensboro too much. Okay. And she believes believes in accountability on both sides, though. And it's like, how do you Uh -uh. expect to hold a murdered person accountable? One, for what? And two, 
I mean, that language sounds so much like Donald Trump saying there are good people on both sides about. I was like, oh, we're doing that. It's good people on both sides speech. On both for sides. The KKK being provoked an inherently violent group that wreaks havoc on this country. That's it's what he just, said. That was one of the I'm comments. Like, Go ahead, Matt. I'm um, like two meetings away from like quitting on America. Like <laughs> I just, I just want to get out. I have. Yeah, I was gonna say, that was one of the things that Madison. I mean, Madison. That was one of the things that Jim Melvin had said. So we said he's the money man, right? He connects a lot of people, not just in Greensboro, but in North Carolina, apparently. Um, so that's kind of their been their their thing, their driving force. Well, he helped fund Elon Law. Great. So the North Carolina Bar recently issued an email, and I don't know if you got it, Megan, but it basically said there was a person named Acock. I think that was his last name, Julian Carr and Josephus or something else. But they're taking down all of the portraiture and any name associated with them because the people that started the North Carolina bar were racist individuals that did not want diversity. So if the North Carolina bar is saying we can do this, why can't Elon Law? I mean, if I have to thank Jim Melvin for making Elon Law a thing, do I also have to like thank the slave owners that brought slaves over to America and started this whole shit? I mean... Thank you. I'm so glad I'm in America. It's, a, it's okay that you just, you know, beat and murdered my ancestors. I, I mean, where do we draw the line? I'm not thanking Jim Melvin. I don't care if this school wouldn't exist. It's never yeah. happening. And that's been his whole platform. And that's really why we want his picture taken down. His whole thing is erase what happened that day. He does not want November 3rd to be a part of Greensboro's history, but it is. It is a pivotal part of the history. It is something that happened. It is where the Greensboro PD failed to do their job. The city council and those that approved that permit failed to do their job. And then he went on for, again, we're 41 years later almost, to continue to say the Klan was provoked. These are his, qu- these are his quotes. The Klan was provoked. He doesn't think it should be a massacre. It was not a massacre. It was a shootout. No, it wasn't a shootout. One of the Klan's people that was there was shot by another Klan's member. By accident. So there you go. Ugh. It's just, it's, it's, it's so infuriating. And I, I hate that, like, Black people have to have to always be the ones who are like striking the balance, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to walk this fine line of professionalism, but also being an activist, but also being a student. It's just, it's so unfair. And also what's on top of that, like the whipped cream on the shit pudding is like, (laughs) there are like white people walking around, like there are good people on both sides. It's so obvious. It's so obvious. Like how, like if Jim Melvin like humbled himself and 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 said, you know what? You're absolutely right. Like, like hindsight is 2020. This was awful. I hate that I played a part in like, you know, like nullifying the hurt that has been promulgated through this community. He could do that. And it would almost be enough, 
right? It would be like, okay, at least like you are like, you get it now. And it like, what a, I have so many thoughts, but it's like people's egos, like just, just like stop. In a meeting with an Elon administrator, Asif, if Jim Melvin apologized and made a hefty donation to Elon Law, and it's like, we're back to the money. We're back to the money. You're losing me again. And it, I mean, me and Paris joke all the time. I mean, our certification is online. The people that we're going up against have to certify us for the bar exam. So, I mean, we don't take any of this lightly and we do try to like find that balance, but it's like, I, I just, you know, for some insurance, I mean, on the record saying that if my certification were to be denied for whatever reason, we could run it back to this interview. Like, okay. My God. That is such a good point that I think list like people who are not in law school or people who are just thinking about going to law school probably don't realize this. So to, to Madison's point, when you are a law student and you're apl- you apply to take the bar and it's a long application process and you have to have character witnesses and the, the administrators and the teachers at your school can say, hmm, I don't think this person should be a lawyer. Like, so it's not, you could be at the top of your class. You could be, you could be a straight A student and you could have a shit character and that's a part of your bar application. So Madison and Paris are actually walking quite a fine line. And like, really, I mean, like, I don't think, I don't think you think the administration could actually deny them. I would sue them. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Oh, I I'm ready to go. I'm like, I'm (laughs) they want me out of here. So (laughs) do not worry. I have people that (laughs) fall. But I think you're yeah. right, Megan, that it's something to think about and really like appreciate the the effort that y'all are putting in, like I because mean, there are some stakes. Yeah, when I we mean, did a our professor told interview, me, a professor told me he was like, "That's really brave of you to go up against someone who has to sign off on your certification." And he said it like four times in one meeting, and I was like, "Wait, are there things like are y'all talking about my certification?" Wait, it like shouldn't be brave, it right? Is. You know, we did um. The interview that we did with the Elon News Network, I specifically said, you know, that's one of our fears and we don't talk about it. Madison and I just go and do whatever we need to do to try to make things better. But I'm terrified. You know, I don't want to be in these borderline arguments with these people, but I know that I want to leave the school a better place because Elon deserves it. The students deserve it. And Dean Beerman said only 5% of lawyers are black. So it's just like, hmm, I wonder who's gatekeeping. This this is why. 5% of lawyers are black. And if the figures that we heard in yesterday's commencement ceremony are correct, only 1% of the overall population are lawyers. So 5% of the 1%, I mean, we're talking like, fractions on fractions on fractions you yeah. should not like they should not be working to further marginalize folks they sh- you, you know what i mean again i go back to it's so easy just lift the painting off the wall take it down and i don't know wrap it up and send it to jim melvin he can uh, he can he can, he can, he can put it in his cigar lounge wherever, wherever fancy white men sit <laughs> i have a couple questions about this because listening yeah. to it and i'm not as familiar with this megan did tell me about it but um I'm, my conspiratorial mind is, is churning. 
Ooh. My first question is just a clarification question. When you push back on the the money um, aspect, how do they respond? And then my my other thoughts are uh, a little bit more conspiratorial. One is basically Megan's point about how easy it would be, not just Megan's points, y'all said this too, that it that when you wrote it into the letter, you thought it would be the easiest thing. And like, it. I wonder if they are purposefully wasting your time on this so that you can't get to the harder things. Ooh. Um, and my other thought is, have you considered like guerrilla art movement, like putting up posters of his portrait with like a big red X over it or something like all over campus or something? Like, have you considered going even further into the like media thing? Like instead of just Elon News Network, like Greensboro News, like, you know, I'm, I'm just curious, like what you're, what you, how's your strategizing been and like, how conspiratorial are y'all getting at this point? <laughs> oh, so, everyone's plotting against me. I trust no one. <laughs> no one. <laughs> and Madison alone. I don't even trust our other group members. Oh. Just no, no. I think um, I'll, I'll, Madison can touch on the finance issue and how they responded to that because it's just been the same overall response in my personal opinion. And I don't know if you feel different. It's just been like, He's the money person. We can't make him mad. That's it. And if we remove the photo, he's going to get upset. I think he'll be fine personally, but that's all, that's my opinion. Um, as far as our strategy, I because I did write the op-ed and I was asked to write it, I have a connection with the observer. So that was probably going to be our next thing just to write it for, you know, and that'll go out in Charlotte again in Raleigh. Um, an op-ed about the whole situation. And, you know, we're still in contact with the Elon News Network, which they hate, um, about the situation. And that's like, you're really yelling at me, about, or, like, you're getting mad at me about your own school's news network? I didn't go to right. CNN. That's <laughs> what I was confused about listening. That's why I started getting conspiracy. They hate them, apparently. We were so confused about the whole thing. I was like, but don't don't we all go to the same right it seems to me like it would be so easy for them to like call main campus and be like yeah 86 the interview with paris and madison about the portrait but like if they're acting yeah like this is like an independent news network that's like gonna be like no sorry like we value you know like reporting. <laughs> <But> <laughs> apparently, apparently they carry that type of weight though, because they get picked up by actual news networks. Well, that's like, cool. Yeah, I know. I didn't realize how legit they were too. I mean, their studio is beautiful. I mean, yeah. I mean, we were in person, but like the technology, I was like, oh my god, it was great. The news, news. Oh, so are you saying it wasn't a Skype call where people are just like, wearing <laughs> AirPods and like yelling at each other via FaceTime? Is that not no, what no, you were doing? Wrong. Okay. I had a picture up, no camera. <laughs> Madison had the hoodie up on. In my hoodie, I had like a top messy bun, no makeup. I was like, oh, not oh sure. my goodness. I think it's a little suspect that they dislike the media so much because if they actually thought their position was so logical, then why wouldn't they think that people reading that article would agree with them? It seems almost like they know that they're in the wrong, but they just don't yeah. want anyone else to know about it. Yeah, yeah, and they're like apparently they're like that across the board. I'm um, speaking with our colleagues over at main campus. Th it's like they they are very insular. So anything that 
threatens the way that they do things in this old society of Elon, because it's a very old school. Um, the undergrad is a very old school. Anything like that, they try to shut it down. Mm. Because the old way is the best way. As far as your other conspiracy theory that they are leading us down another path, we have multiple streams of, of, of battle with them. So, like, yes, we are simultaneously finding the director of diversity and still yeah, asking questions about curriculum. You know, still asking questions about curriculum and working with them on that. But we still want the painting down. Okay. So, that's just been my own personal thing because, and I, not even my own personal thing. I think we've like lodged on to that because it was the smallest thing in our minds. Like you moved it to your office like out of- you're just doing it because you don't want to. Yeah, at this point it's because they don't want to. And I told them, if you don't want to, just tell us, but they won't say that. They won't put that on the record. So here we but, are. I mean- as for pushback when it comes to the finances, they just give us the same feel about being grateful to Jim Melvin. And I wouldn't be at the school that I'm at without him. He's made great contributions to Greensboro and Elon Law. Um, they bring up his little foundation, the Bryan Foundation that he's a part of, but I guess does a lot of good, but I'm just like, okay, does that not sound like he's like feels guilty and is just throwing a bunch of shit at the wall? Like maybe he's involved. Maybe he likes the black woman that we spoke with because he feels guilty that he's complicit in a whole massacre. But I don't know. That's my concern. <laughs> like I just I think so. It's just when they talk to me about money, I'm just like. <sighs> Elon, if I'm correct, Elon Law, Elon is a very wealthy institution, but Elon Law in particular is not. I mean, we pay to go there and it's new. So it's like, why am I not like given a free pair of AirPods by Jim Melvin if he's so stinking rich? Or like, why is he paying for my textbooks? I completely like, misunderstood. I thought you were getting a scholarship. I thought y'all were partially getting scholarships that were in part because of his money. You're telling me you're paying tuition and they're like, you should be grateful to him because he helped physically build a school? Physically oh, build yes. a That's what he's with you. Yeah. No, no, no. I do have a scholarship, but it's not from him. I hope Okay, not. then. I mean, <laughs> I mean this, this harkens back to, I think it was Madison's logic earlier. It was like, it was like, oh, like, thank you, slave old, like, owner for building this plantation that I can live on. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? It's, it's thank, really you for bring, thank you for dragging my ancestors to America so that I could be sitting here right now. Yeah. Like, what? It just... It's crazy. It's really crazy. The so, whole thing is crazy. So, we, we, you mentioned it at the top of the episode, or when we began this conversation, but if anybody is listening to this and they're like, oh my god, this is a horrible injustice, what can, what can people do? What can, people, what can law students do? What can listeners do? Um, so, one, I would say the petition. Two, the low up, okay, not low up, call the school. You can either call Elon Law or you can call President Book at Elon's main campus and tell them how strongly you feel. Send emails. We've had our colleagues do that. Also, um, like our classmates say, oh, we feel really strongly about this. But I mean, we still had a meeting with our dean after that and got the same answer. So 
I mean, they either don't care, but you know, we can just be annoying if they don't care. <laughs> and I think that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. Just if we could have people just dig a little deeper into who Jim Melvin is and what happened on November 3rd, 1979 in Greensboro, that would be great because so many people don't know about it. And it's like a tragedy that was lost to history. And it's not fair to the people that died. It's not fair to the people that have, you know, taken up the guard, if you will, to try to protect that memory of those people and of what they were working towards. Um, And just to remember that I think you know, at that time specifically, the communist, the word communism had such a negative connotation around it. And KKK, neo-Nazi had such, such a negative connotation around it. I mean, we're the liberals. Yeah. The radical of, left. Yeah. So it, it just, the, exactly, the radical left, similar, like, they just felt like I think a lot of people at that time felt like, oh, well, they're both bad. So whatever. And by by a lot of people, I mean, those people sitting in the ivory tower, the city council was all white at the time. So, you know, when these people also just a little bit extra history and then I'll get off of the historical aspect of it. The people that were involved in the shooting, um, the KKK members and the neo-Nazi members all went before an all white jury and were all acquitted. They went up on federal charges for civil rights violations, still all acquitted, mm. um, but negligent. So they, they were taken up on tortious stuff, so a law student. Um, negligence. There was negligence on behalf of the Greensboro PD, and they were required to pay the families and you know restitution and all of these things to those people. So they did get monetary um rewards from that if you will and I hate to say that because they lost family members or people were there was one man that was paralyzed they had major injuries so um they did get something out of it and there was negligence like a court said yes we see this okay so people did bad things and it just kind of went by the wayside Uh, thank you for summarizing the history and sharing with about what all the activism you've done because I think a lot of people read the news and see like oh a statue was taken down oh something happened and they have no idea how much of a fight it is so I'm I'm glad to be meeting y'all who've done so much work I'm inspired and definitely I'm going to sign your petition I'm not an Elon student but they will be hearing from me (laughs) <laughs> in my capacity as a former North Carolina resident. <laughs> yeah, I'm so grateful that you both were able to join us tonight. It's been such a pleasure getting getting to chat about this. Um, well, not a pleasure, but a pleasure to I think I'm just I think I'm just like very happy to see your face. This is what's happening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but really, it, it, it was it was a privilege to be able to have this conversation and to to give you all just another platform um, to be getting this message across because it is a really, really important one. Um, yeah, and again, if there's any other ways that you think of that people can can help, um, we'll be happy to blast it on our Twitter, which is uh, at Law School 
N brief, the letter N. Um, if you want to become one of the league of uh, 50 plus followers that we have on social media. So, um, but seriously, it would, it would be great. Uh, and we will share the link to the petition on there. So if anybody who is listening wants to sign, you can, you can go there to find the petition. Excellent. So That's your homework. Everyone who's on winter break, you have one more piece of homework. To sign. Please. Please, please sign a petition and do some more research. But thank you so much for sharing your your space with us. I know Madison and I really appreciate it and having the opportunity to kind of share what we've been doing and some of our fears with all of you all. And we just hope that everybody has, I hope that everybody has a great winter break and get some rest. Yeah, get some rest because the fight ain't over. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I think it's a lifetime thing, but but the portrait will be down very soon. That's my prediction. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> All right, friends. Well, on that note, good night. Good, good night, night y'all. All right. Take care. Bye, everybody. Bye.